0: Welcome, everybody. You are here with Real Fellas Talk Sports. Welcome, everybody, to Real Fellas Talk Sports. I'm David Burnett in Indianapolis, Indiana, and joining me tonight, Earl Gogo Rush in Washington, D.C., and our special guest host, Bobby Kinzer, Mr. Basketball Kinzer, sitting in for Kevin Edmondson. Gentlemen, how are you? Uh, Earl, how are you? I'm doing quite well this evening, David. Thank you so much for asking. Bobby, how you doing?
1: Dave, let me tell you something. I'm fired up like a man smoking a cigarette at a gas station. I'm about to blow up. I'm on uh, the the there's so much sports to talk about today.
0: Well, when you blow up, still stay around, okay? <laughs> I'm fired up. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, tonight we've got a whole lot of sports to talk about. But first, right now, Game Two of the World Series is happening. The L.A. Lakers, uh, what well, I say Lakers, L.A. Dodgers against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, game number two. Last night, game number one, the Dodgers smoked the Rays eight to three. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the program. But, of course, it's World Series time and we've got to talk about it. Anyway, let's move on to the NFL before we get to uh, baseball, the showcase game of the week, or at least what the media said was a showcase game of the week, was Tampa Bay, another Tampa, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers against the Green Bay Packers, the Battle of the Rays. And guess what? Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady square off. Dud of a game. 38 to 10, Tampa Bay wins. Uh, Earl, your thoughts on that game?
2: i I thought that um we rarely get to see Tampa Bay that much, even though we'll be seeing them more now that they have Tom Brady, and I think we all got exposed to the fact that Tampa has a very rugged, rugged defense I mean they were smacking people around like it was crazy. I had never seen them fired up that much, but like I said, I never really seen that much of them on t v but they have a for real defense. They're two outside linebackers, the two of the best in the game. We had uh, a quiz last week, a couple of weeks ago, about five linebackers. I couldn't name anybody, but I can tell you <laughs> about those two right there. They're good. Uh, they didn't even need Tom Brady. Tampa's got a good team. I thought it was it exposed Green Bay. I mean, they they were four and zero before them, but they've been playing powder puff teams. So what can you do? They got exposed.
0: Bobby, Bobby speaking, speaking of speaking of. Speaking of, of uh, Bobby, uh, folks exposed. Do you think in any way Aaron Rodgers was exposed? Bobby, what do you think?
1: Well, you said that game was a route, but I loved it. Anytime Aaron Rodgers gets smoked, I love it because they give him so much credit. I think he's so overhyped. But um uh, it was a gr- to me it was a great game seeing how they just got beat up. But um Aaron Rodgers I, I just think uh, sometimes they just give him too much and I was a little upset today and put the young boy in earlier to replace the way he was stinking the joint up, you know?
0: Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers, of course, there was a little concern about how he might have felt with Green Bay picking a quarterback in the first round. Um, I'm sure he wanted to stay as long as he could. Um, maybe Green Bay still had a, had a chance. Do you think that was it, Earl? What do you think?
2: Uh, I think it was a mistake. There's no way he could have a chance. I mean, he's worked a couple of miracles, but you can see the way Tampa was smacking him around. There was no way that he was going to come back. They left him out there. I thought he could have got injured. He shouldn't even have came out in the fourth quarter. They were down by 28 points. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, you got to start looking at the coaching as far as that's concerned. You got to get him out of that game.
0: Well, uh, they are 4-1. and one. Green Bay is still 4-1. and one. Tampa is now 4-2. Uh, and two. So we still have teams that may see each other again in the NFC uh, playoffs. Now, that was a route for Tampa Bay. The game that I really liked was Tennessee and Houston. Uh, what I saw Derrick Henry do, 94-yard run and rushing for over 200 yards, that was pretty powerful. Did you guys watch that game? Bobby, what What'd you think? Oh, man,
1: Henry is the truth. He's like uh, number one in total yards. He's like first in a a number of attempts. And I think he might end up being the MVP of the league because he produces time and time again. I loved it. I love watching him play.
0: Well, watching a running back take over a game is like a real throwback, and it's something that we – we should see more of, at least I hope we we get to see more of uh, going forward. Uh, What do you think, Earl?
2: I thought it was a great game, and uh, (laughs) Henry, as you said, he is a beast, and uh, I think because of him and the way they can depend on him so much, I think the quarterback, he's playing well, but I think he's getting a little bit too much credit because, I mean, Henry's pulling most of the load. Now, the quarterback is doing well, but not as well as they're hyping him up. Uh, Henry is something to be reckoned with, and with a running game like that, their team is always going to be in the game.
0: Uh, well, uh, Tennessee's impressive. Uh, they've done well, and maybe a running back can be in consideration for the MVP. You know, an MVP award has kind of become a quarterback award. Uh, of course I you know my guy Russell Wilson I think is still in the lead, but it would be nice to see Derrick Henry compete and maybe even win the MVP. You know, we haven't seen a running back win the MVP in quite some time. And speaking of running, the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, they had 245 yards of rushing on 46 attempts. Is running coming back? You know, we, we watched Derrick Henry do his thing, and then Kansas City just, you know, ran rough shot over Buffalo.
2: <laughs> right. That's a very good question, David. Uh, I don't know what to say about that because you definitely need a running game. Most of the teams that win the championships have running games. I mean, they have good quarterbacks as well, but the running game is – it's very important nowadays. Even though I kind of put it analogy to like they talk about the small ball, small ball in the NBA. You still need somebody in the paint. Yes, it's a passing lead, but you still have to have somebody that's going to run in between the tackles and get those three and four yards. So I think running is coming back, and emphasis on running is coming back to answer your question. Yeah,
0: whatever. what do you think? What do you what do you think, uh, Bobby? With Kansas City. Doing what they did, I mean, Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, thinking up a different kind of game plan. Considering they have the one of the top quarterbacks, if not the top quarterback in all of football.
1: I think it's great because it shows how versatile they are, and to have two weapons, and 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 I'm all for. Uh, the running game coming back, because back in the old days, it was to have a good passing game, you had to have a good running game. But all of a sudden, they've gone to this, like, you know, air assault type offense, uh, <laughs> <assault. laughs> things throwing the bombs, you know, shotgun and, um, got, and pistol, all that kind of stuff. But with this team, they have a running game and a strong passing game, oh, my God, man, they they're they, they going to be unstoppable.
0: They're a dangerous team. Well, let's talk about some of the action off of the field that yeah, occurred yeah, yeah. that occurred just this just the other day. Tua Tonga Tung- Vailoa, let me get his Ooh, name. That's right. pretty good. Tua Tonga Vailoa is now <laughs> the starter in Miami. Miami is three and three, and actually a very strong three and three. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to sit on the bench. And he's played really well, probably the best he's played in his career today. He said uh, he felt like his heart was broken when he got the news that he was going to be on the bench. Uh, What do you think about that? Isn't it time for Tua to play? Bobby, what do you think?
1: Um, Without a doubt, because that old man looking like Grady from um, from, uh, Sanford and Son. Come on, man. But 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 Dave, if I can interject right quick. You talking sure. about off the field stuff. The Dallas Cowboys got problems with the team. The players talk behind the coach's back and 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 the coach is coming out publicly talking about the team. You want to talk about off field stuff that is going on, but this is what I can't understand about the Cowboys. McCarthy need to go run the daggone tape and show these guys it ain't him. They missing plays. They getting toasted like like burnt like toast. Them gonna get burnt like fire Bill. Let me tell you, something. and listen, All right, you
0: you make a good point, but let's get back. I'm sorry. I'm,
1: okay, I'm gonna get back to okay. If we gonna spank Tog- your hands Tog- a Tog- little bit But Togo Laluga, he is no question, it's the time for the young boy. But you know what they say, Dave? It's tough for a rookie, a quarterback to come into the NFL. No, no, it's game. tough. It's, it's very tough. tough. The game, they say the game looks like it's going 100 miles an hour compared to college. So that it's tough, but it's a good, um, what do you call, baptized, baptism by fire.
0: Well, I think maybe the fact that Joe Burrow, Heisman Trophy winner, is starting and playing fairly well, even though Cincinnati is not that good, but he's doing well and getting reps. Uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, with the Chargers, Mm -hmm. another rookie coming out of Oregon, playing well. Now, the fact is, Tua is better than those two if you look at the body of his whole college career. He needs to play. What do you think, Earl?
2: I think he needs to play. I think uh, you can see the Dolphins franchise being improved, good decisions being made. I think the coach knows what he's doing. If the coach says it's time for him to play, it's time for him to play. The, the reality is, whether he plays or not, the Dolphins are not going to win
0: anything this year. <laughs> so well, know, I think the Dolphins might,
2: are I think think the dolphins are playing
0: out. for the future, though. I think they're playing so for the future. To
2: answer that question, yes, he should be playing. If he's ready, yes. There's no reason to hold him back. Fitzpatrick, Keep him in reserve. It's time for the young man to learn the game. Yes, it's time for him to play. And now, let's get, to like they,
0: let's get back to a point that Bobby was making about the great America's team, Dallas Cowboys, in disarray. Uh, Bobby, pick back up on that point.
1: Well, the, 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 the players are, you know, talking uh to the to the media behind the coach's back and the coaches go and look i'm from dc you know what they say about snitches snitches get stitches and they have this confusion man and the thing is McCarthy all he needs to do is hold a team meeting and run back the video and he'll see these guys are missing assignments I'm telling like I said they're getting burnt like toast and, and look and look check this out <laughs> I got a question for you Okay. What do you say to a Dallas Cowboy player that got two black eyes? I don't know nothing because he's been already told
0: twice. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they need to
1: get themselves together, okay. to together. They they got problems.
0: Well, the one thing about uh, those of us who have lived in Washington D.C. and I, you know, I spent twenty five years in D.C. And uh, you two were born and raised in D.C. Uh, we know about the Cowboys. Earl, what do you think? I think it's
2: it's about time that Jerry Jones decides, you know what? Let my ego go to the side. I got plenty of money. I got plenty of businesses to run. Let me yeah. find capable people that can run this team, get rid of all this riff raff I have on it, forget all these friendships and all my fake sons, and they like family. And bring some people in to run this operation. They're one of the, they're one of the worst top five franchises in the NFL. They no longer can even be considered even by the outrageous obnoxious cowboy fan. they can't be considered America's team. They're, they're pathetic. I thought I'd never feel myself feeling sorry for them. I feel sorry for them. They are in disarray.
1: and they see how important. Uh, Prescott was to that team more than just a quarterback, but a leader. They're missing that too. Well, Absolutely. they're
2: not, they're not going to have any good karma because they didn't treat him right. Nothing's going to happen good to Dallas the way they treated that mm-hmm. man.
0: They got problems. Real quickly, speaking of Washington, D.C., uh, it's been reported, you know, on through ESPN, and I'll use ESPN as my source, that the Washington football team, it may retain the name, the Washington football team. Now, let me, let me offer you a a perspective on that. Uh, I kind of like the name to be very honest with you. I kind of like it. The reason why, and it's not odd, you know, some of the great soccer teams or football teams, as they call them in Europe, uh, they, they use that kind of term. So for instance, one of the great soccer teams, FC Barcelona, football club, Barcelona. That's Mm -hmm. what the FC stand for. So there are other teams that use that. So I kind of like what, what the Washington team might be doing, maybe going without uh, a traditional um, uh, name nickname might be the way to go. Oh, what do you think girl? Uh,
2: the same thing I thought about the Redskins since nineteen seventy eight when I left them alone. I really don't care, but a uh, Washington football name sounds like a pretty good name. I mean, they're so sorry they don't deserve a name, so why even come up with a name? I, I, I'm with you. I like the Washington football team because they're not even worth thinking of a name.
0: Well, that's kind of harsh, Earl, but that's your opinion, and I like it. What do you think, Bobby?
1: Well. First of all, Daniel Snyder, his biggest strength is he's a marketing genius. And they are selling a bunch of daggone uh, paraphernalia and everything with the Washington football team on it. And they're going to sell all and sell as much as they can. And then they're going to get a new name and start selling even more stuff because they've always been like number two in sales anyway and stuff. But what I like to suggest you know, that they should not be called the Washington football team. They should switch and move the T in the middle and be called the Washington the football. And then, you know, what the initials will be? WTF.
0: Oh, my. On that note. On that note. That's more appropriate. On that note, let's let's go and, and find out who are the top five power teams In the NFL right now, Bobby, give me your five.
1: My five. I'm going with the undefeated teams, which is only is three left. Mm -hmm. I'm going, but and and well, I'm gonna put I'll I'll put them in this order: Seattle, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and then my 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 two as far as top five will be Kansas City and Baltimore.
0: So that's the three undefeated teams, Baltimore. Kansas City. I like that list. It looks like mine. What do you think, girl?
2: Well, I gotta give Tennessee some kind of consideration. They are undefeated, even though I'm still not quite, quite sure, even though Derrick Henry is running over everybody in sight. So I have to say Tennessee. My number one team is Kansas City. My number two team is Pittsburgh. Okay, So I got Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Seattle, Tennessee. Who's the fifth team? The Ravens. Yeah.
0: I think we all kind of agree. It just kind of depends on who you stack up. You right. know, my favorite team, of course, is are the Seattle Seahawks, but I can't put them number one. Um, wow. I, I'm going to put the Pittsburgh Steelers as the number one team. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, number two. Uh, and then the Tennessee Titans, number three, uh, with Kansas City and Baltimore, uh, four and five. Uh, they didn't uh, What's you didn't put Indianapolis Colts. They playing well. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, even though I'm sitting in, in front of Lucas Oil Stadium, <laughs> one of the great stadiums in the country. Well, here we go. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Colts fan. I'm a lukewarm Colts fan. Oh, okay. Good. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. Awesome. Uh, and, you know, we'll leave it at that. Uh, we're going to talk some baseball right now. Have we been watching any of the World Series and the preceding playoff games? Yes. Yes. I think yeah. we have. Yeah. All right. Did you guys see last night's game? I did. Yeah. I, did I did. I thought it was – I thought it was
2: – a good game, and uh, it was it got kind of exciting. I thought it was a possibility that the Rays might come back somehow, but the guy made a miraculous catch of that line drive back to the pitcher. He doubled up the man on second base. The game was over. But up to that point, it was, it was pretty exciting. It was a pretty exciting game.
0: Now, I was impressed by uh, Clayton Kershaw because so far he's had terrible luck in the playoffs and the World Series. Now, this is the third time uh, uh, the Dodgers have been in the World Series in the last four years. Clayton Kershaw, their ace, has been terrible. But he won big last night. He pitched like an ace that he is. Uh, Bobby, what do you think? What did you see last night?
1: Well, I'm really not. A big baseball fan, but I, I, I usually start work, watching this time of the year. Cause watching a baseball, regular season baseball game, it's like sitting at the DMV waiting for your number to call. <laughs> but 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 outside of that, the game, even though it seemed like it was a blowout, it was a really interesting game. It was a, it really was an interesting game, even though the score was eight three. But let me tell you what I'm talking about, Dave. Bet on Mookie, baby. Mookie bets. Is a bad man. And yeah, he's like a... What's up with the Boston Red Sox to let this man go? He he hit a, he, he advanced um, um, players. He hits some singles. He steals home. He hits a home run. He does it all, and he's been doing this, David Mookie Betts. This mug is the only person in history of Major League history with the Boston Red Sox. He got an MVP. A silver slugger, gold glove, batting title, and a World Series championship all in the same year. No one has done that.
0: And he's five foot nine. So that, was Beth, me. that was totally. Mookie Beth has really impressed me. You know, he's kind of like a throwback baseball player yeah. from back in the day, you know, back when I actually paid real close attention to baseball. <laughs> you know, because, you know, I, I paid close attention to baseball up until the time I got hit in the neck in a little league. <laughs> like, That'll do it. That, that will stop you. Uh, you know, but honestly, Mookie Betts is, is really impressive. I, I want to see the Dodgers finally win this thing. Keep in mind, it's been 32 years since they last won a World Series. You know, remember, you know, that that great call. Can you believe what I – I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was 32 years ago. Right. And the dude that hit that home run was 32 years old. He's our age. Right. You know, so it's been a long time. And, and you know, you got to give the Los Angeles fans, you know, and, and, and we'll give some love to Tampa in just a second. But you got to give the Los Angeles fans who are probably – the most rabid fans in all of baseball outside of maybe St. Louis, because they stick with that team. Any other town would have given up if they haven't been to the world series in 32 years, you know, just up, just up the state, the, the you know, the, uh, the giants have won three times in this deck in, in this century. Right. You know, yeah. so that's, you know, that's, uh you know, that's gotta be hard to take, but they've got great fans, Tampa, you know, nobody comes to their games. <laughs> they have a terrible stadium. Terrible. Worst stadium in baseball. Worst stadium in baseball. Wow. Nobody comes. And probably the reason they're in the World Series is because nobody was at the games thanks to COVID. So they were used to it.
2: <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, I think that uh you're gonna get your wish this year. It seems like the Tampa has a better pitching, but not by much. Los Angeles has great pitching as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that the, the Dodgers line up, you know, from from one to nine, they're not really a lot of holes. They, they can score with speed. They can score with power. They can mix it up. I, I just don't think that Tampa has enough offense to keep up with the Dodgers' offense. I think this series probably go four to one Dodgers.
0: Four to one Dodgers. Well, it would be nice. You know, the Dodgers deserve that. They got great fans, they got a great manager, they've got a great all around team. It would be nice. But Tampa, you gotta give them credit with a small budget, you know, and it's gotta be small because nobody comes to the games. Uh I I think their budget is like fifty million dollars. You know, pay their payroll is like fifty million dollars. And they've done a lot with a little, you know. So they got a lot of moxie and guile, you know. And for them to do as well as they've done this year is 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 got to be saluted. And you know who they beat up on every single game darn near this season? The New York Yankees. The Yankees. The Yankees. They they spanked the Yankees over and over and over. Yes. Now, last thing on baseball, do you think with a sixty-game season? And playoffs in a bubble—is that enough? Considering baseball plays one hundred and sixty-two games every year—is that enough to really, actually, you know, whether it's the Dodgers or the Rays, are they really world champions with a sixty-game regular season and a kind of compressed playoffs? Earl,
2: I don't—I don't think it's enough games. Uh, <laughs> what you, you cut the series—you took two-thirds of the series away of the. Season away, not enough games at all. Things can happen. Teams can get hot. Things things can get cold. Injuries can occur. We didn't even have time for everything to go through. It's definitely not enough time to consider it a championship without, an, as Kevin would say, an asterisk.
0: What do you think, Bobby? Well, considering the circumstance,
1: I think it's enough games. (laughs) I mean, 62 games, God. That's quite a few games. I know compared to the number of games they normally play, but considering the circumstance, yeah, I think so. It's better okay. than having no games or twenty games, you know what I'm saying? I, I think I think sixty-two games, that's that's
0: quite a few games, y'all. Well, it's been an interesting season. I, I'm kind of in between on that. Uh, when you take away one hundred regular season game one hundred and two regular season games, that makes a difference, but the circumstances do matter. the circumstances do matter sports you know twenty twenty we will be talking about this uh for as long as we live, and you know we don't have as many years as many folks do uh but we'll be talking about it even when even when all we can do is eat soup uh,
2: I, I, I got you on that, I hear you, David. I feel you, Bobby, as well but no, circumstances doesn't take away the amount of games it was taking. Away. You took away a hundred games, David. Yes, 60, 60 games is a lot of games, Bobby. True, but damn, you took away a hundred.
1: They shouldn't even playing a, They shouldn't even be playing one hundred sixty-two games, Earl. First of all. Come well, on. The,
0: well, baseball is a statistical sports going to say that, organization. So I mean, they're stuck with 162. Or back in the days with Babe Ruth 154 games. Um now let's move on to college football. oh boy. We're going to kind of run through this real quickly. Alabama crushed Georgia. That was supposed to be the marquee game for college football last week uh, in the SEC. Not just the SEC, but all of all of big time college football. Uh, Nick Saban uh, got to coach. Uh, I don't know how he had three consecutive negatives after a positive. They do they do some things in in Alabama. You know that's that's <laughs> they do some things. I I don't know okay. what they do, but they but do they some too. things. What do you guys think, Bobby? What do you think? About Saban or about the college football period coming back? In the well, let's just talk about Georgia and Alabama okay. first and then Nick Saban.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, they spanked him. Um, and that, that's just Nick Saban, man. That's one of the most prepared uh, teams, be it professional or college. This guy prepares better mm-hmm. than anybody I know. Um, as far as him coming back, you know, with this COVID, being able to come and coach, um they set the protocol, you know, and if that's the protocol, now I can see if he only the protocol was, you know, three negatives and he come back and only did two or he did one, but he he made it through the protocol. So I don't have a problem with it actually. I just have a problem with college football, period, in the pandemic. Uh
0: well you you make a good point. I mean the thing is about the protocols and let let, let me let Earl comment first before I um before I add something to that. Go ahead, Earl. All
2: right. <laughs> As Bobby said, if he fit the protocol, then that's the protocol. But I question the people who set the protocol. <laughs> I mean, the guy, he <laughs> you know, I don't know anything about none of this. I'm not a scientist. That's why I don't get into that too much. But uh, he tests positive one day, and then three days, a week later, he's all negative, so he's back on the field. What happened to the quarantine? Does
0: that sound familiar?
2: You know, I'm like. It's like uh, it maybe, does kind
0: of sound familiar.
2: familiar. <laughs> maybe we got some super medicine or something. I don't know. You know some people are getting certain medicines, and some people aren't. You know, so it's like, yeah, it does sound familiar. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't understand. It, it's uh,
0: it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to understand all of that, considering the SEC has a set of protocols that they do. See all the Power Five conferences have different sets right. of protocols. Okay. The Big Ten, which will will kick off uh, this Saturday, has a set of protocols. The the Pac-12, uh, the Big 12, uh, the ACC, all of them, all of the Big Five, Power Five, have a different set of protocols. And I, I, I have a problem with that. There needs to be some consistency considering they want to control all of the money in football anyway. Hmm. Uh, one real quickly, Clemson demolished Georgia Tech. They scored seventy three points. Is Clemson? Is it? Is, are we going to see Clemson and Alabama in the championship game again,
2: uh, uh, Earl? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and as you always say, why don't they just put Clemson in their own league by themselves? Because the rest of the ACC teams are are horrible. They're no. They're no match. Uh, Charleston, Virginia Cavaliers are pretty good. I take that back. Your boys got a good team, but there's not a lot of teams in the ACC. To answer your question, I see Clemson and Alabama playing for the championship.
0: Yes. Uh, what do you think, Bobby? Any chance any other teams from any other conference gets in the Big Ten starts, Ohio State, which is almost as good as, as any SEC team, uh, is Ohio State getting any love?
1: That's what I was going to say, uh, Dave. I'm, I'm feeling Ohio State. Um, I'm really feeling Ohio State, and um, I think uh, Notre Dame is coming along pretty well. I'm feeling Ohio State, and but I can still see um, Clemson and Alabama. But this is the, one. This is a game of chance, and two, barring any injuries. Right. Right this is a sport of injuries, Clemson, and Alabama, but don't, don't, don't rule out Ohio State. I'm telling you, that boy feels a quarterback. I'm telling you.
0: Now, now, one thing I will say about the ACC, for one time and one time only, you know, one appearance only. Notre Dame, you know, all of the other sports in Notre Dame do play in the ACC, but Notre Dame football is independent. But this year, thanks to the COVID. They are in the ACC for football. They right. will play Clemson. They do play Clemson, I believe, this year. Okay. So we'll get a sense of how good Clemson is or if Notre Dame is yet again a pretender. Because it seems like Notre Dame plays well. They get to the bowl and get blown. Right. So we'll find out. Um, like I said, the Big Ten starts this week. Ohio State... Michigan, all of them get going. They play eight games in eight weeks. Hopefully the Big Ten will get to play them all. Uh, The Pac-12 starts uh, next week, next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the Pac-12 next weekend. Uh, We're going to talk some NBA. There's some coaching changes in the NBA. Uh, You know, one thing I'm going to start with, this unknown dude is going to be coaching my team. Nate Bjorkgren. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Raptors assistant is going to be the new coach of the Indiana Pacers. Now, uh, the last coach we had was named Nate. The new coach is named Nate. Um, At least he, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, Ty Lue is now the coach of the Clippers and Stan Van Gundy is coaching the Pelicans. Bobby, what do you think? You're, you're a basketball guy.
1: Man, you know, uh, David, I'm really getting tired of this um, recycle. Um, like I just got to say it, white coaches, okay? I mean, um, um, Billy Donovan, he shows back up again. Now he's at the Chicago Bulls. Um, okay. the, I always hard pronounce his name, the, Theobodo, you know, the, the guy that was at um, – um, the Bulls, Bulls, Bulls. But, you know, he was somewhere before then he's now at the Knicks he's at the Knicks and then you got Van Gundy um, why Why the black coaches don't get this opportunity like these recycle guys man I, it's just it's you know Sam Cassell I'm, I'm not a Tyrone Lu fan as far as um, being a
0: great coach He's he's Luke, Warren. he's won a championship now. He's got a championship, or is that LeBron's championship? That's oh. LeBron.
2: Oh, wait a minute. Come on.
1: That's 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 I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just not a full Tyrone Lou fan, but I, I'm a fan of like San Cassell and and and, and Mo-chi.
0: there's, 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 a, list, there's a list, and I've got a nice list of, of coaches they can consider. Earl, what do you think? Well, first of
2: all. Why do we get on these? We're all in our 60s. Why do we get on these shows and we keep in just in general in life asking about why is why? We know why the black coaches aren't getting the jobs. Why are we asking that question?
1: It was a rhetorical
2: statement. Yeah, I'm just saying we, we know why that is. It's just it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just how the world is right now, unfortunately, or how it's always been since its existence. Uh, you know. Just like you said, this guy we never even heard of, I don't even think Bobby's even heard of this guy who's coach for Indianapolis now. I mean, where did it come from? You know?
0: He can't he came he came from the Raptors as an assistant. So he was an assistant when they won the uh NBA championship. I mean, he's supposed to be a decent coach.
1: And, you know uh, but have, there,
0: there's a whole list of yeah. black men that should be considered for, for jobs going forward. You know, you mentioned Bobby Sam Cassell. Now, he's been an assistant for, I think, more than a decade now. Yes. Wes Unsell Jr. Yes. Oh, Steve. Steve Silas. Oh. We talk about retreads. Mike Brown needs oh. another opportunity. He's been four years at Golden State as a top assistant there. Sam Mitchell, who used to coach the Timberwolves. Jason Kidd. Um, Ooh, my Indianapolis boy, Mike Woodson, who oh, coached no the Knicks and used no to no coach the Hawks. Adrian Griffin. Jawan Howard, who's now the head coach at the University of Michigan. Darvin Hamm. Popeye oh. Jones, uh, who was an assistant coach with the Pacers. Tim Duncan, who's an assistant coach with the Spurs. Brian Shaw. Patrick Ewing, who's the coach of Georgetown. Jock Vaughn, uh, who Ooh. was the interim coach with the Nets. yes, uh, Mark Jackson, who's on TV. Jamal, Mos- Jamal Mosley. There's a whole list of black men who could be considered and should be considered uh, for future jobs. Now, I know Kevin is on a rant. I know he's on vacation um, tonight, but he's been harping on the fact that we may have a, we may have a, a problem, uh, you know, in making sure that, you know, more diversity is going on within the NBA. And right now, out of 30 teams, we only have what six African American coaches? That's not a good representation.
1: But Dave, help me with this and and these are private owned teams. <laughs> yes. And I've always struggled with yes, I want you know black coaches there, but these are privately held teams. How do you make a privately owned team? It, it's this going to be that way you know okay. by the way Earl I just want to respond to you I do know the guy um okay. Nordrin, because he was assistant coach for Nick nurse in the right bBA and when Nick nurse was overseas in England okay you know so he comes through Nick nurse it's like oh, his okay. Nick nurse coaching tree now yeah. he's got okay. a coaching
2: okay. Tree. Okay. But,
0: but 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 Dave back to the point um these are privately held teams. They're privately and held NBA. teams, but by the same token, they're part of a large organization. So the NBA can exert some additional pressure. Now, I'm not as as strident on the NBA's problem, even though it's a problem they need to fix it, uh, as, you know, let's say our colleague Kevin. Uh, Kevin is really on this topic of diversity, and the NBA does need to, to address that. You know, but on the uh, by, by the same token, the NBA has still been the most progressive. They were the first league to have an African-American coach in Bill Russell 54 years ago. Uh, they've had more African-American coaches than all of the other sports leagues yes. combined. Yes. Combined. And general managers. And general managers combined. So even though we, we press the NBA to do better, they, you know, they've had more than six or seven black coaches at any given time. There should just still be a better representation in a league that's probably 65% African-American. They, should do, they, they should do better. Ain't going Well, it could happen. It, it could. could happen. No, no, I'm for that. But it's, kind, it's It's a heavy load to talk. It, it, it's a heavy load. It, it is a heavy load. One, one quick thing, and Earl, I'd like you to respond to this real quickly. Um, you know, let's you know as we move away from the diversity issue, the one guy that was supposed to be up for every single job hasn't gotten a sniff of a job yet. Mike D'Antoni, is he the odd man out? Is the musical chairs? He's not going to be able to sit in a chair. Is that what it's looking like, Earl? What do you think? Well,
2: what what is, what is the what is the the position that is most wanted now by teams? Um, guards that can shoot. There's not a lot of people that can actually really shoot very well. There's no team out there for him to go to. If he doesn't have three or four perimeter shooters, dead shooters, he's not going to be any good to any team. I mean, He has to have shooters on his team. He has to have a couple of people that can score 25-30 easy. There's not a whole lot of teams that have those kind of players out there like that. He, he messed up with the Rockets. Who can use him?
0: Well, maybe he'll have to go back to being an assistant coach even at age, what is he, 68, 69 years old? I don't think so, Dave. He can't go back. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're talking about him as an assistant coach. Oh, yeah. You I know. Know, but but you
1: know, when you've been a head coach that long, it's, it's tough to go back to that role. And then Tony's like a old oh, retread tire. After you have things so one many, way. It, well, after you've retreaded it so many times, you can't retread it anymore.
0: I I, I think you I think you're right I think you're right uh gentlemen we have been talking a little bit we're gonna move off the NBA uh you know they're in their off season what they call the silly season of 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 changes within the league but we'll let's talk about a little bit more about baseball all of us admired baseball as kids I played Little League Baseball up till I got my, my neck hit, um, but I loved baseball. I was a big fan of baseball as a, as a little boy. You guys, I'm sure, follow baseball as kids, too. Uh, when we look back, do you have do you have some players that you might say were your favorite baseball players growing up? Bobby, let's start with you. Um, for the interest of time,
1: but Dave, I would love to hear the story of how you got hit in the neck with a baseball. <laughs> how the hell? So, so, <laughs> Dave, one of my all-time favorite uh, <laughs> players, Mr. October. Reggie. Benson, baby. Uh, okay. 14 All-Star games, five World Series, American League MVP. My next all-time favorite, Roberto Clemente.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh, uh, 15 All-Star, two World Series, National League MVP, 12 golden gloves. Uh and then like Kurt Flood, you know, because of what he did for um,
0: um, Well, he opened up the gates for free agency. For
1: free agency, that's what I was looking for. And and and, and then being, you know, Washington DC boy. I love Mr. Frank Howard. Would get up oh, there, my God. Would, what a he monster. He would get up there and knock it out of the stadium. He
0: was what, like 6'8 and, and 250? At least. You he, like- was, he was King Kong. <laughs> Earl, do you have uh, a group of players that you followed growing up?
2: I do. I do. Actually, when I was uh, growing up, uh, I used to go to the ballpark, and, you know, we didn't have a lot of black players, but we had Chuck Hinton. Chuck Hinton was my favorite. I think his number was 32. He was my favorite because he was the only black player on the Senators team. And then they added Fred Valentine. Oh, so yeah. I always yeah. liked those two because those were the two people that represented me okay. on the baseball field. Of course, I think Roberto Clemente was one of everyone's favorite. I mean, he was like – the awesome of awesome of all time baseball players. I also was a Oriole fan. I w- I was feeling Frank Robinson and Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson was the greatest defensive third, yes. baseman, third baseman ever. Yeah. I don't care what yeah. they tell you. Brooks Robinson was the greatest third baseman ever, and Frank Robinson. He I think he won a triple crown with the Orioles that year. He yeah. was awesome as well, and I was also into Bobby Barnes. Before the steroids, so those
0: who are I, I like your list, and you know one thing about Frank Robinson. Keep in mind he's one of the only players that's been, if not the only player, that was MVP in two leagues. He was MVP with the Reds, then he was later MVP with the Orioles. The Orioles, right? Here's my list. I was a big growing up as a little kid loving baseball. I was a San Francisco Giants. Crazy guy, Willie Mays was my guy. uh Juan hey, hey. Marichal, you know that high kick. I used to imitate that high kick. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I pitched a little bit in Little League,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not well, but I did. Juan Marichal, I mean, his leg kick was like up to his his face. Mickey Mantle, Bob Gibson. Oh and my. Willie McCovey. Oh, good ones, good ones. Those, those were my guys growing up. Uh, gentlemen, let me ask you, do you have any closing thoughts to leave our audience? If not, we will close this show out.
2: Yeah, I, I got a closing thought. I, I, I'm hearing a whole lot of trade rumors. I'm hearing Rondo's uh, might go to the Clippers, or so he's definitely not going to take his option, which I understand business wise, but I think it behooves the Los Angeles Lakers to do the best that they can to retain Rondo because he was a vital part of this championship this year. And uh I think they need to sign him back the best they can. Agreed. That's what I'm thinking.
0: I like that. Anything anything you got,
1: Bobby? Yeah. Um. Right. Quick on with Earl, because Earl talked about the NBA. Um. The Greek Freak would not. He did not sign his a uh, contract extension for five years for two hundred twenty million dollars. So he's holding out. So that means I think he's going to go to the Miami Heat. Uh, and but my my because we were talking about baseball, I gotta mention this guy, Satchel Paige. Okay. Oh. Satchel Paige, pitcher. Uh. First entered the major. Uh, first entered professional. Uh. uh pitching. Uh. And. The the, black leagues 1926 hear what I said? 1926 he first came into the majors in 1948 at 42 years old and check this out the last game he played was in 1965 do the math that's 39 years this man played pitching never had Tommy John's he's supposed to have this little secret sermon from his grandmother. The guy was (laughs) the seventh black player to to integrate um, Major League Baseball and he was really considered to be the first person to integrate before Jackie Robinson but they didn't like his whole um, uh, personality what he uh, projected like the smooth slick guy and all of this kind of stuff. But he wouldn't I'm going to end on this. They said because Jackie Robinson that wore him out. Being, being the first – Jackie Rock, that really literally killed him. And they said Satchel Paige would have been better because he grew up down there in Mississippi, Alabama, and he knew how to, to appease and knew how to take that stress of, you know, being the first player. But Satchel Paige, Bam, he used to call in the whole infield, outfield. And pitch he pitched two no-hitters back-to-back. All nine innings, but anyway, that's my story. Satchel, well, Page. I, I like I like
0: that closing thought on Satchel Paige because Man. he's one of he's one of the greatest players to ever play baseball. He's a legend. He was a true legendary player. You know, baseball has only a handful of players that you could call real legends. Right. Satchel Paige is one of them. Babe Ruth might be another, but those two may be the true legends of baseball. Of Baseball,
1: especially when it comes to blackness, man. I mean, this guy, nineteen twenty six to nineteen sixty five,
0: incredible, and won incredible. a World Series. Incredible. Uh, I, speaking, you know, speaking of that, uh, we're going to watch some baseball after this is over. Hopefully, we'll talk a little bit about baseball next week as well. But before we sign off, I'd like to say a real thank you to Bobby Mr. Basketball Kenzer for joining us one more time. We really appreciate it. You all you really add a lot to the show and, and we really appreciate it. Earl go go rush there's nobody like Earl Rush. <laughs> thank God. In all seriousness he is he, you know Earl Earl put the show together. Earl was on my case for years. We got to do a show. We got to do a show. We got to do a show. Now we got a show. Anyway, good night, hey Dave, everybody. So we're gonna- you
1: are unique in your own right, too. So, And you humble humbled and not even mention yourself. But I got to tell you, Dave, because I followed you when you were here at D.C. You are awesome. You, you are actually a a historic um, um, legend, okay, in this town of D.C., man. So kudos to you, too. And thank you all for having me on. I really, truly feel the honor to be here. Thank you. Thank
0: you very much for the compliment, Bobby. I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks again. I didn't know I was that old, though. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. I really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next week at 8 o'clock when Real Fellas Talk Sports once again. Good night. Go vote. (laughs) Go vote.